0: Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan
1: Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. It's good to have you with me. My guest is my wife, Shoshana Guerrero. I am so happy to have her on the program with me. Shoshana has a master's in marriage and family therapy, and she has her own private practice called Dreamweaver Therapy. You can find that at DreamweaverTherapyPLLC.com. And today we are talking about launching young adults. Shoshana, thank you so much for coming on the program.
0: Uh, Thanks for inviting me. I always enjoy chatting with you.
1: There's a new word in our culture today that has become popular for young adults to say, and that word is adulting. I don't recall that word being used over 10 years ago. Why is that word used now? And what does it say about young adults today?
0: So as I was thinking about how to answer this, I'm actually going to shift into talking about one of my hobbies. And I do have a point with doing this. So one of my favorite hobbies is to create and send snail mail. And one of the books that I had read, and I can't find the direct quote, um, so this is an unknown quote, but it is from one of my books on creating and sending snail mail, is the faster the communication, the more stress a person experiences in getting that information. So the slower the communication, the warmer the experience, the warmer the emotional experience, and the stronger the relationship connection. It can also be a protective factor against bad news with the length of time that it's taken to get to somebody. So if we think about it in reverse for today's culture, We have a culture that is under pressure, that is experiencing more anxiety than ever before, and is reporting more symptoms of stress and stress related illness than ever before as well. And if we think about it as in regards to communication, we have 24 hour news sources, and we don't have just one source for 24-hour news, there, like you could flip through five or six channels, especially if you have cable or streaming devices, and you could have two or three or four um, news programs going at once, getting all sorts of information. So the the access to news and information is almost immediate. And in order to get your attention so that you'll watch their news channel our news stations share more and more intense and emotionally disturbing because it's more uh, likely to draw our attention. And the result then is we can also experience vicarious trauma by being a witness to that. So if we think about that, um, adulting then is figuring out ways to live with and manage this stress and this wasn't as common even 10 years ago because we didn't have this uh, 24-hour access to information. So not only do we have access to 24 hours of information through our streaming devices, but we also could be working if we work remote 24 hours. We have access to our work emails or work sites for 24 hours. We get text messages. We get social media notifications. Um, If we're on two or three different um, apps, we can get notifications constantly, depending on what we set our notifications for. We can also be getting texts from people we know and also phone calls. So we are dealing with instantaneous communication, and that is just driving up anxiety and stress. The other element then relating to people talking about adulting is that we have more generations living uh, in families together at the same time. Um, We have healthier, older adults, and older generation is more influential on a family than the younger generation. So when somebody's saying that they are adulting, Um, There's some people might joke that they look for an adultier adult who has more experience, more knowledge, more ability, more skills to accomplish something uh, because it's overwhelming to be that person who is front and center having to make a decision. And I remember when I became aware that some of these decisions weren't going to go to an older adult. They weren't going to go to somebody with more experience like I was the final person to make that decision. Uh, And it is a little disorienting because you're not used to being that adult and you're used to having other people who are giving you uh, something to do or influencing you. And at some point that, that stops. And so it can be a little disorienting when that happens.
1: So this isn't just something where this happened, this was experienced by the greatest generation, let's say, And they just didn't have a word for it or the language for it, or the baby boomer generation went through the same thing and they just didn't have a word for it. This is not the case. We are actually looking at something completely new and completely different because of the technology age that we live in. Does that kind of sum it up a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even the greatest generation, the information they got was slow. It wasn't necessarily accurate. So they would have to wait and make sure there was confirmation. So all of the communication was taking months versus uh, something that we, when we're told something can be confirmed, you know, in a matter of hours to a couple of days. So the speed of information is a contributing factor in in the experience of stress and anxiety today.
1: Um, another example of the pressure that you're talking about there, if you look on social media, it's not very hard to find it, but uh, there's a buzzword around that's clickbait. It pops up all the time in your face and then you feel enticed to respond to it. And then it pulls you in. And sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes it's not relevant, but either way, they pulled you away from where you were and then drew your attention elsewhere. So is this contributing to an anxiety factor uh, where young adults are feeling like they have to respond to things all the time right now?
0: So, part of that is just opportunity. If we get a text, we have the device, we can respond right away. So, part of what we need to be doing is taking steps for mindfulness or relying on our strengths, whether we're um, looking at something like Strengths Finders or Myers Briggs or something like that. We need to be more intentional with our response. And when we have immediate access to things, we tend to be more impulsive, which then contributes to experiencing stress. So, that is how I would respond to that.
1: We have helicopter parents, tiger parents and other parenting styles. How do some of these styles contribute to the confidence level of young adults?
0: So when you just dis- when they have these like cultural names, cultural nicknames like helicopter parents, tiger parents, other parenting styles we're really coming back to there's three types of parenting styles. there's the authoritarian parenting style this is the the uh, parents like, They use, um, strict forms of discipline. They don't take a lot of feedback from their kids. It's their way. They know how things should be. They, they, um, tend to have a more strict and rigid and, um, they are more likely to employ corporal punishment and be more strict in how they, they parent. You have then on the opposite end of the spectrum, the permissive parents, um, so the authoritarian parents, because of their strict and rigidity, uh, bring anxiety into the parenting relationship because of the, um, the the lack of flexibility in how they approach situations. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the permissive parents who anything kind of goes. They don't really provide a lot of guidelines or... Um, Limitations, and this also introduces anxiety into the parenting system, the parent-child relationship, because they aren't super. Kids aren't able to be super confident that those limitations that are in place that are going to keep them safe. So, uh, on the you have anxiety on both ends of the spectrum. In the middle is going to be your assertive parent. uh, And those are the ones who are going to provide the guidance. They're going to provide uh, limitations. They're going to be be intentional in how they're wanting their children to act, behave, learn, grow. Um, But they're also going to have a little bit more flexibility, more open to the child's experience and getting feedback from their child. There was one other direction I wanted to go with this though. And that is that I find that parents often parent in reverse. And this is what I mean by that, that they're very limited with support and accessing those that can help them when the child is young. And then as the child grows, they become more and more permissive and distant as a parent. So that I've frequently seen that by the time, um, the child is an adolescent, that the parent is pretty well disengaged and maybe they're back to working full time and they don't have somebody around very often for the adolescent because they're old enough, they can drive themselves, they can manage their own time somewhat. And so I'm actually going to introduce um, a different idea around parenting uh, that is going to be supportive of launching young adults. So if you're at that stage in life where you have young children I would suggest looking up um, something called allo parenting. It's A L L O P A R E N T I N G. Allo parenting. Um, it's one of the things that I've appreciated uh, being part of a marriage where we have a Hispanic and Latino background because there are things from other cultures that can actually improve our understanding of. Uh, relationships and allo parenting is one of those things. Often, you'll find in Western civilization, and I'm kind of referring here to an article on HuffPost about allo parenting, um, that a lot of times in Western civilization we have really limited ideas of what parenting looks like. It's the it's the two parents; they're the only ones who are doing a lot of the care. Um, they may have some support through, um, a daycare provider, but it's very structured. It's only during certain times. It's only during certain days. Um, so it's usually around their work schedule. So then when it's their, their home life, then it's again, just the two parents and they're kind of the ones who are pulling, uh, parenting duty. In a lot of cultures though, households were a lot larger there were more adults coming in and out and other family members stepped in and helped out grandparents, aunts, uncles, older siblings. There was a much bigger extended family. Sometimes that included neighbors, close family, friends, um, adults who could help support the, uh, the young family. Um, And sometimes they were biological relatives, but sometimes you could have like a close Community, a close church community, um, people who can step in and provide that support. Um, and so I think that's really essential, especially for the younger years, because you have parents who need help with emotion regulation and their own self care. So the thing that is most beneficial for emotion regulation and self care is getting enough sleep. And so we know that um, parenting young children. Often leads to sleep deprivation, and it can uh, lead to not getting enough sleep for a long time. And so, having boy does it ever. (laughs) So, having the that um, support network to make sure that couples are getting time to just regulate, uh, to be able to have some time for their relationship, and then also get enough sleep is going to be really beneficial. To families with young children. So if you're in that stage, I, I'd ask you to consider that as an element of parenting. And then as children grow into adolescence, we tend to disengage and just kind of demonstrate confidence in their overall ability to make decisions, which I totally get um, because they're starting to practice some of these things. But one of the things I think we need to do is adolescents need parents more and uh, young adults who are launching need their parents more. And um, they, they will access, you know, their grandparents, their aunts and uncles somewhat, but it's really their parents they need at that stage as they're, um, you know, solidifying their identity and um, starting to, to make their way in the world. So I think that during that Time that you need to have opportunities where you can be the available when they need it at their request. Um, so more flexibility in your job, more flexibility in your schedule, the ability to be present when they when they need that, and then also intentionally creating shared family experiences whether it's going on camping, hiking, uh, you know, adventures, um, road trips or mission trips or something like that, that really gives you a chance to solidify the family experience and uh, model your family values as these young adults are
1: launching. What are the statistics on young adults who have failed to launch and have returned to living with their parents? What is the contributing factor to this?
0: So this was interesting as I was digging into this question because I had kind of a general idea, but I wanted to give some specific numbers. So from the 2018 Journal of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, it shows that 15% of young adults are in the failure to launch group, and they're typically men. And so I was a little surprised by that. I wasn't expecting uh, that number. So then I went and looked at what are some of those contributing factors We in the U.S. at this time. So this is going to be a U.S. specific number. Um, you can always reach out if you're curious about statistics in another location. Seven million men. Currently, 25 to 54 do not have a job and are not looking for a job. So this has it is increasing over time. Something is happening with the men in our population, <clears throat> and it is taking them out of the workforce, and they are not contributing financially. And failure to launch, again, comes back to the experience of anxiety and stress as the main factors driving the reasons why they are not launching. I think that men in general are not in tune to their emotions, are not aware of how to manage this anxiety. And so what happens is with failure to launch, you end up with this triangulation. You have the child you have who is uh, new to a being an adult, um, does not have the experience. They are used to going to their parents and Uh, Getting either negative support or positive support, either way, it's a reinforcing relationship and both of those still help them to avoid the experience of anxiety. So you have this triangulating uh, relationship between the experience of launching and then between the child and parent, and then it just gets stronger and stronger reinforcing that avoidance of anxiety over time by... Um, either positively or negatively reinforcing that relationship with their parents. So it probably over time becomes quite fused or enmeshed with their parent. The child becomes infused or enmeshed with their parent.
1: So what I'm hearing out of this is that every guy needs to get therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anxiety, understanding these patterns, understanding these themes, being willing to try new things, all of that's going to be helpful. I don't know um, that necessarily, I mean, therapy could be helpful in this situation, but there are, um, and there is a book I was going to mention uh, for parents who are in this uh, stage of life and are wanting to help their young adult launch, um, and it's called Breaking Free of Child Anxiety and OCD. Um, there are some takeaways that you can still use as an, a parent of an adult child because it's specifically written for parents. And this is by Eli Lebowitz. Um, and so it's specifically on how to make changes to the family system or the family pattern so that you're no longer supporting um, the Child that needs to launch in avoiding that anxiety, but instead building skills and mastery over their experience of anxiety.
1: I'm going to put a link to the book just to make it easier to find. So, at the end of the description for this episode, if you go to the fatherhoodchallenge.com, that's the fatherhoodchallenge.com, and you go to this episode, go to the bottom or right below the description. I'll put a link to that book so you can just click on it. And then it will take you right to it. So let's go into the next topic. Are fewer young adults entering into marriage than in the years past? And if that is the case, why is that? Are they reacting to their parents' experience?
0: So first of all, I went and looked at the statistics to see what are the rates of, of marriage based on this uh, same numbers over time. So in 2018 from census.gov, again, this is going to be specific to the U.S., 30% of adults 18 to 34 report um, that they are married. And this is compared to 59% in 1978. So about half are reporting marriage in that age group than, um, than in, was it 40 years ago? Then I broke it down by uh, marriage, which is 30% cohabitating. So they're in a relationship. So 45% of um, adults 18 to 34 are in a partnership of some sort, 30% are married, 15% are cohabitating. So then if we take that 15% that has not yet launched, we then are back to our 60% of young adults. So it's just broken down a little bit differently. 45% are in a long-term relationship and 15% have not launched. The next step then is recognize that more people are uh, in a partnership, but are not married about 15%. 15%. And then you have about 15% that are still struggling with anxiety and mastering the adult skills and avoiding that anxiety and are in the failure to launch category. I think that that's kind of a, a, a typical response of young adults is that we've seen what our parents have done. There are parts of their, our parents experience that we might want to keep. Um, I think I was fortunate in that aspect. And that I think that there were a lot of parts of my parents relationship and the way that I was raised that I wanted to keep. And so I incorporate that into our family and how, um, I want our family to live. On the other hand, though, um, there are other families where I think that they reject a lot of what their families did. And um, don't want to pass along those values. Um, So we're actually finding that there's quite a bit of parent-child estrangement now. It's the most likely relationship to be estranged. And the most frequent response to why they're estranged is that the parents and the adult children no longer have shared values. So I think they are reacting to their parents' experience. They're trying to have a more authentic and more meaningful relationship. And so they're trying different ways Um, to make that happen Um, and they're not feeling the same pressure to be uh, in that long-term relationship the same way that previous really um, previous generations experienced or expected.
1: What can dads do to help their kids turn into young adults who are emotionally mature and ready to take on life?
0: So being prepared to handle life and emotional intelligence really are, are, necessary, and it is being recognized culturally as a really necessary element. So one of the things that dads can help their kids to uh, be prepared emotionally is to help them manage their anxiety. So there are things that you can do so that you aren't getting in the way of them mastering some of these things, like that you can support them through their anxiety, you can be present with them through their anxiety. Um, there's a difference between knowing that you can do it and taking over, and knowing you can do it and just letting them try and figure it out. <clears throat> I think there needs to be this transition, uh, you know, where you demonstrate and then they try it and then they do it on their own. Uh, uh, an engaged presence with the parent is going to be helpful in managing that anxiety around new skills. Um, and it's going to be very reassuring in some ways for the adult adult child, but, um, sometimes they may not want your presence at all and letting them know that they can reach out. If they have any questions, you're um, willing to help walk them through what they need to do, help them create a plan, you know, knowing that as the adult, as the parent that you are present and available if they need it. So then when it comes to launching, i would say that there is that one in 6 about 15% um that are not ready to launch and so this is where things tend to get stuck in that if they they're either, um a, a teenager or early 20s that parents aren't too worried about it but Once they start to get into their mid-twenties, closer to thirties, then parents are really starting to feel the pressure themselves to help their young adult child launch. Um, Some of the things that can be really helpful in that is to recognize the patterns, um, to identify where the anxiety is and where the avoidance of anxiety is, and to begin to be less accommodating um, to Uh, supporting that anxious pattern and start to support the young adult in becoming more confident and mastering some of the skills that they need to be able to launch. When they are struggling with certain situations where they're not making the best choices that sometimes they do need more support, and so this is my suggestion, and that instead of being restrictive or punitive in that situation, that you bring them closer into relationship. It is a it is a method of restricting, but it's super gentle, and if you're able to offer that warm relationship, um, it's going to um, benefit both of you over time. So if they're not exhibiting family values or they're struggling with mental illness increasing that uh, proximity, increasing the supervision and relationship between you and the adolescent or young adult is going to be most helpful and is going to be one of the gentlest ways. Um, This is where also having a aloe family is going to be helpful because maybe they could go and spend some time with grandparent and aunt and uncle, a family friend. So they're going to kind of continually get the benefit <clears throat> of the stable influence from the adults in their life and that gentle relationship is going to be beneficial to them overall. The next thing is, is that you want to be mindful that you are modeling, modeling, modeling the behavior and the values that you hold. Um, I often see in families that there is, there can be a, like a hypocrisy break in the family. And again, as I mentioned, the reason for estrangement reported between parents and adult children is going to be um, the difference in personal values. So if you're modeling your family values, you're living your family values, and your adolescents, your young adults see that, you're less likely to have the hostility and anger that comes from a hypocrisy break in your relationship. So this then comes back to how can they then support mastery. One of the things that I suggest is that you let your your young adult teach you things. So one of the things that we know is that learning is encoded in movement. This comes from Carla Hannaford, her book, Smart Moves, Why Learning Isn't Only in the Brain. So the person talking or the person moving or the person fidgeting, person doing two forms of activity, is learning more than a person who is just sitting there because they're getting one form of of neural encoding versus somebody who's getting two forms of neural encoding. How this works is in the lecture format. And even in this experience now, since I'm the one talking, I am also doing the most learning on this subject. And so if you want somebody to learn something, you want them to teach somebody else. And so the ideal situation would be where your adolescent or your young adult would teach you how to do some of these things, even if you already know how to do them. Um, so some of the things you could do is have a discussion where both people are able to communicate what they're thinking. Um, you want even the, the adolescent or the young adult could lecture you. Then they're the one learning. Um, so those are just some ideas on, on how to actively support um, going and doing a class together. Um, helping them, you know, with figuring out how to get an apprenticeship, things like that are also going to be helpful.
1: What is your final challenge to dads listening right now?
0: So my final challenge to dads listening is to let your adult or adolescent or young child, depending on where you are in the parenting milestones, teach you something, whether it is a game or an activity or a skill or information, uh, take some time and let your let your child teach
1: you something. Shoshana, that was really insightful. And thank you so much for coming on the Fatherhood Challenge. It has been wonderful having you here.
0: Thanks for inviting me back. I always enjoy chatting with you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the
0: Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.